Hi, before we begin, I want to quickly notify you that we are going to do two parts of this podcast. The first part is a deep dive into what Snehalaya is all about. And the second part is going to be to get to know Mr. Girish Kulkarni further. We have a very exciting guest for us today's Planet Impact podcast. You know, there are often these NGOs whose impact is heard and felt beyond countries and geographies. But their name is not as famous as the other NGOs. One of these NGOs is called Snehalaya. It is situated in this town called Ahmednagar in Maharashtra, India. And the founder's name today is Mr. Girish Kulkarni. Sir, it's an honor to have you in today's podcast. Same year, I am also feeling very happy to sit in front of you, Manthan. Thank you so much. <laughs> Interestingly, we are sitting in Ahmednagar and this is a radio station that is one of the functions that this NGO does. It's a state-of-the-art technology uh, radio station and I'm privileged to be able to use it and speaking with you here today. Thank you. Mr. Girish Kulkarni was grew up in Ahmednagar, enjoying a life in the middle-class family with a loving and supportive family. He was very good at academics. When he was eight, he went to a tuition class after his school. His parents put him into that class. And uh, as soon as one class ended, the other class started. So all these students used to rush from one class to the other. That was a one kilometer distance. But Mr. Kulkani being as smart as ever, he chose to take another path, which was a shortcut. And this shortcut was through the red light area of the city. So... Grish, sir, you were eight years old. What was this, this experience of yours when you were walking through the red light area of the city and what experiences shaped you? When I was a small child and as you know, I'm born, brought up in Ahmednagar. So I used to go pass through a red light area called Chitragalli. So I'm while passing through that red light area, I used to see the girls of my age standing there and these brothel keepers, pimps and goons. They were forcing the girls to do the sex with uh, the customers. Sometime I saw that there were four, five, six people, mostly the army persons, because Ahmadnagar is surrounded by army establishments and most of the clientele was from the army areas. They were forcing a small girl and they abuse her very badly. And um, she cries. And many times I saw that the girls were beaten badly and uh, their clothes were removed. And sometimes the chili powder was put into their vagina. And when they went to wash it to the hand pump, no, the goons of the brothel keeper, they were sitting there and they were beating them and no, torturing them, making fun of them. So I saw these uh, scenes and they were horrified, my mind, my heart. And um, I thought I have to do something. No, this is this is a very a pitiable condition of some... And, and I want to do something, but I was not sure what to do. But later on, when I went to the red light area when I was in college and one of my friends is from the community uh, whose family tradition is uh, of uh, sending the girls and women for the flesh trade and uh, they were in dancing in Kalakendras and dance bars. So when I went to him, I saw all the male community sitting out of the home and sending customers for his uh, 16-year-old sister, 40-year-old mother and 70-plus grandmother. And uh, when I asked my friend, oh, don't you feel bad? He said, uh, no, it's a caste tradition and uh, nothing happens even if I feel it very bad because everyone has accepted it as a caste profession. So I, I'm just helpless. At that particular time, I 
felt if someone god has placed me in a good family my parents were teachers but if i born there in the red light area or i born there in that particular caste and if i see my own sister mother or a grandmother doing the Uh, this profession and they were forced to have a sex with many many people then what can i do can i just see and just move away or i will do something and i that made me very upset and there there was a strong desire in my mind in my heart arise that i will i will do something for this social section so this was the journey how old were you then i was about 13 uh, when i was uh, first time i saw the red light area and the girls no i was 13 years old but when i was uh, in the red light area uh, in my college days i was about 17 18 years old oh, and yeah. Um, yeah i was in i think 12th standard that all incident made me very upset unrest in my mind and i was slowly feeling very guilty you know it there was a guilty conscience in my mind that uh, yes i can't do everything i can't transform the life of anyone but i can do a small thing i can bring a small change in the life of others but i am not doing it i'm just thinking and thinking and i was uh, thinking that okay when my education will complete i will do it when i share the idea of doing something so people tell me oh you get settled in your life first right. and uh, don't do it right now so that is very true of you to point it out in indian society it is very common for us to have a very linear progression towards life you supposed to be good at studies which you were but then we are advised to finish our college get a good job settle down earn enough money and then eventually start volunteering or do something which which is too late so you when you were 17 when you were 18 you decided okay you know what i'm going to put my foot down and i'm going to make a difference so um you mentioned that you kind of went into this red light community alone and you started interviewing you started asking questions to these uh, prostitutes um, about how much money do they earn and wh- what what kind of things go around there so what was this experience like did did you get answers right away from them truly speaking they were making fun of me because they were not believing that someone is coming there with true intention do some study of, of their problems because as you know i i was thinking very theoretically so i thought that i will first make the study uh, of the problems i will have the interview of all the people i will just fill up their questionnaires and then i will jot down the problems i will have some percentage of uh, income groups languages educational background then i will plan the strategy and then i will work so this normally happens in corporate now you get do Very a study and forecasting approach. strategies swot analysis and then you start doing something so i asked lata pawar who was a senior prostitute there but she was very compassionate lady and she at that time she was able to read english she was writing english she was talking english so she was a clerk in government department but uh, some circumstances forced her to do the prostitution so it was a big tragic story of her but when i asked her she has affection for me because she realized my intentions for coming there so she told me that um, i asked her why they are making fun she said uh, if you want to work for them or if you want them to be serious then you have to gain their trust and uh, love and this if you gain these two things then only your communication will be actually started so i thought how can i gain trust and uh, love of them so it was my question so then i was thinking i was coming there same things happening so i asked the girl there who was uh, having already two kids and one 
child in her womb and she she was just 17 years old i asked her can i help you and she said how can you help me i said i will help you to get rid of all these uh, brothel keepers pimps i will help you to give up this profession i will help you to give up the addiction of liquor you have and i will protect you if you give up this profession i will protect you from the people now who are troubling you and i will give good education to your kids she said uh, what i should do i said just give up the red light area and come with me right now then only i can get a chance and i will do everything you just believe in me she said no i don't believe in you so i asked i said why i said uh, she told me that there are many people every day we meet and they are giving us promises they are talking very sweet language and after uh, end of the sex physical intercourse they behave very rudely and they go with all you no know, bad words if they are not satisfied so this is what our usual experience so we never believe in you no know, good words and you no know, sweet language this is all false we know so i said okay but she said you can take my kids i said why she told me that at the evening time the brothel keepers no pimps no they engage us in prostitution we can't pay attention to our kids there is a total dark and blackout in the red light area so customer comes and abuse my our kids also and they ask our kids to bring liquor and cigarettes for themselves and while bringing all the things afim the the small children also start taking test of it and they get addicted and also they saw all these unethical things bad language and it impacts their life so i really want that my child should be away from the red light area at the evening time so i said yes just give me the children so she immediately gave up her two children to me and uh, i went these two children uh, in front of the chitragalli red light area there was a municipal school school number 14 of municipal corporation and there is a small playground so i went there and uh, i have started playing with them talking with them they became my friend then i went to my home i have fed them a food and i asked them whether they like it they were very happy because someone is talking to them so i told them stories and um, they become good friend of me after 3 months i have 80 children from all red light areas and uh, every mother is sending the child to me saying that okay keep them safe at the evening time till late night so i have started a program and i was very happy that no one was believing me but now women have started believing me they have started sharing their problems to me like brothel keepers are troubling them police half of the money is taken by brothel keeper police is taking their commission then these pimps and uh, procurers are harassing them their regular partners are torturing them so they they have started sharing their personal stories to me i realized that um, when i was i came to first i came to red light area with ideas and knowledge but uh, i that couldn't work out so when i gained their trust and love the things have started moving and they became a close associate of snehalia slowly slowly then when i started my night care then when i started night shelter in red light area they sent all their kids for the night care center so there was a program from 6 pm to 6 am next day ah uh, so it's a 12 hours different type of program but uh, they have sent their kids to me then uh, i have started shelter at my home because i was not having any space any institution but there were many children who were expecting shelter because their mothers have ran away and they were having i mean they are orphans there was no one who can look after in the red light area so if i keep them there only then they will be abused surely because there is no one who can look after them so i have, i brought them to my home 
the woman supported me many women no they they came to my home and they no fight with me to keep their kids in my home so i allowed them to keep them then after i started institution and uh, at midc then all women they everyone was interested to give their kids to me so that all transformation i saw and uh, because uh, i gain a trust and love so i learned a lot i i went there to teach but actually i learned a lot from them and i learned a very important thing in country like india you cannot uh, transform the life with knowledge you have to use love and trust these are the two weapons which can bring the change in the minds of the people and till date till today you know if you ask me what is the motivating force of social change so love and trust knowledge comes later that's a very interesting point that i wanted to purge in this whole interview when i was listening to your other interviews and uh, researching for this thing that thing settled hit very deep inside me because as a 21 year old college student very fortunate to get an international education we are growing in the world which talks about knowledge the wit how great questions you ask and how much knowledge do you know but the real world changing change making creating an impact is the knowledge comes last but this building trust in the community with a lot of love and affection comes first so what are the tools or how did you approach this um relationship like how what did you do to build that love and affection i consider them as my family it's very small thing because uh, there is no strategy and planning in that no how to gain a trust and love it is just you you consider them as your family when they were suffering from ha tuberculosis and uh, syphilis and gonorrhea sexually transmitted diseases i was treating them like my family member when they were suffering from hiv and aids they hold my hand till at the, their last breath okay. no at the last breath i tell you people always want the person of their trust at their last breath so you can spend a life with anyone that is not a problem but if you are sure that you are going to die you always need a very close people uh, with you and you hold their hand it's what the human nature so most of the women i saw we have 1500 deaths in from 1992 to 2003 because of hiv and aids and they were mostly the women in from the red light areas and their children so many of the women now they hold me my hand and they were sure that i will save them they have lot of trust in me they were not saying that god will save them they were looking at me and they were they were say you just stay here we know if you are here death will not come to us so that trust and it is because emotional bonding with them i think love speaks a lot you need not have to use the words and the seva or the service that also speaks a lot so the most of the women are from the nomadic tribe dalit communities the economically and socially backward communities and people don't uh, look at them you no know, never acknowledge them in the daytime when night time people goes to them for the sex but i hold their hand i sit with them i take a food in the same thali we share same food we share and they were telling all their personal things to me and i was also advising them and helping them as per my capacity i'm i'm teaching their kids so it is a family bonding which has created a trust and uh, it's very general if you really want to grow the organization company factory you have to create that family bonding and relations between the people working with you and your team 
in a car, if we go going somewhere, no, I always choose the last seat, which is normally avoided because I know that I have to take care of other family members. So everyone in Snehalia you know, tries to go back first. It's a culture. So it's a culture of Snehalia, of family culture, and that has created emotional bonding with the women. And we always thought we should not work for them. We have to work with them for them. This is again a formula of Snehale where um, we have empowered them. And people say, uh, uh, I mean, people ask us uh, what problems you have solved of them. So I always, uh, the strategy of Snehale is making them empowered to solve their own problems. We, we never feel and we never gave a feel that we are solving your problems. Absolutely. And what you've shown is a representation of what is servant leadership, like leaders eat last. And just like listening to you narrate the whole story gave me goosebumps. Just out of the sheer empathy and love and affection that you've shown for all the people since day one. So this was, you started Snehalaya in 1989. And it was, in, you insisted that three of the sex workers become trustees of the organization. And you did coaching, counseling, and they had the new roles in the company. And you always have been associated giving the people in the bottom of the pyramid an opportunity to grow and learn. So in the last 31 years, it has it has created a massive impact. So what is one of the impact stories that you love the most? The first impact story is this work has transformed myself. Because I don't know how, how many lives this Snehalaya family and uh, efforts of collective efforts of Snehalaya has changed. But I consider myself the first beneficiary because this work has made me a good human being than I was in the past. And it's a true, it's a true story that uh, I met many great people in this journey. I met Ramesh Kacholiya, I met Anna Ajare, I met Baba Amte, Vijayatai Lavate, Praveen Patkar, Preeti Patkar. All good, passionate human beings. I I learned a lot from them. And uh, I was very fortunate that they were considering me as their son or as their uh, grandson. And um, they were sharing everything to me very openly. There were many people who have impacted my life. And um, yes, there were many great impact stories also I have experienced during this journey that has impacted life of Many, many people working with me. There were a lot of stories I can tell you. We got information of a minor girl doing a prostitution. She was forced to do the prostitution in a Shevgao red light area. It was a story of 2006-07. Uh, we have rescued a girl and uh, that girl, her name is Pooja. So she had lost a mother. Mother was also a prostitute and she was burnt alive in a local quarrel by some customers. So it was a story was very tragic. She was burnt alive in front of her daughter. And uh, then daughter was used again by the brothel keepers for the flesh trade. And she was sold in 10,000 rupees to a brothel in Shevgaon. So we have rescued, we have fought a great battle with the brothel keepers because all brothel keepers, you know, they have nexus with political leaders and police department. So in many times, you no know, laws are very great, but there is no civil society and system is very corrupt. So many times you have to fight on multiple uh, battlefields. So you have to fight with police also if you do something. You have to fight with brothel keepers, organize gangs. So all these things, you no, know, and they have connections with political circles, caste organizations. So all these things were there. So we rescued that girl, fight a great, uh, fought a great battle. Then uh, she was uh, 
staying in Snehalaya, she was very upset not to interested to stay in Snehalaya because her test was totally damaged. No, she needs liquor at the evening. She has a lot of, no, she wants chicken and mutton to eat. No, so Snehalaya can't provide this. So she said, oh, if you don't provide this, then I don't want to stay here because all these no red light area impacts are horrible. They spoil your lifestyle. They spoil your economics. They spoil your habits. Then uh, you naturally stay with them only. You cannot think of rehabilitation or reintegration with the society. So she was like that. So we have taken very efforts, groomed her. She was uh, taken the education of the nursing. She become an A&M nurse. Today she is earning say 16, 17,000 rupees and she is a very skilled nurse in one of the pediatric hospitals in Ahmednagar. And uh, she was invited to inaugurate the first survival conference in India. Those who were survived after having experiences of trafficking and sexual abuse from the red light area. So it was in Hyderabad in 2015. She was called uh, as a chief guest of the inauguration and she was she got the chance to first share her story to lakhs of people. I can tell you the story of um, Rekha. Rekha was uh, at the year of 12. So the family wants, there is a land dispute. So family forced her to child marriage. Her husband was about a 28-year-old person having a family and children. But still, she, he married her. And his eldest daughter was about 13-year-old. And she is just 12, year old, 12 years old. So that, that was a scene. So she was raped. She was abused. She ran away from the Bid district. And she came uh, She came to us she, because she was found at 12 o'clock night in the bus stand. And some people were you now again trying to chase her for uh, sexual abuse. But then our volunteers saved her. So she came to us. She was uh, pregnant at that time. Her child was, uh, there was, a, we, we produced her in front of Child Welfare Committee. Her child was given to adoption. The girl was there. She has taken a, Again, a course of a fashion designing. She was liking very much. So today she is uh, at Mumbai earning about 25,000 rupees, got married, living a very happy life. We learned that you cannot 100% uh, transform the life, but you can minimize the pains and uh, threats of the life of the women. So it is not a ready-made solution to every problem of every woman. We give tailor-made solutions to them. So I, we have a lot of... Thousands of stories of uh, change in life. Wow, that was quite a podcast. You are listening to the founder of Snehalaya, an NGO founded in Ahmednagar, India in 1989. And so far, they have over 25,000 beneficiaries. They have 22 running projects in education, healthcare, rehabilitation and awareness for the people in the bottom of the pyramid. Currently, this podcast is being recorded in Radio Nagar and the links of the radio station and the organization are given below. This was part one of the podcast. You can catch the second part in a few days. Thank you.